RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, slash morning, and welcome to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Vale on the drums. And beans, beans, beans. I forgot the and this morning. Sometimes I do. Yeah, it's, um, we have a busy show today, Frank. Oops. We have a busy show today to talk about, uh, we have to talk about a lot of stuff. We have, um, Durham that kind of, I guess you could call it wrapped yesterday. I think. I saw that. Now, you know what I didn't know? I didn't know, because there, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no actual footage of what's coming out of the, the courtroom, right? Correct. But he's actually conducting the line of questioning. He's there. He's doing this himself, right? He was. Yes, he was one of the he was the basically the main attorney. Um, one of the main was. attorneys. Yeah, was was because yesterday, as many of you guys have heard, um, there was a not guilty on all counts verdict released in the Danchenko case. And like, of course, does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? Like what's different between today and, you know, two days ago? Nothing other than this was the last case that they had going, Frank. Um, and there are people on both sides of things that say, like, there's all there's all these more indictments coming. There's no more indictments coming. I am on the no more indictments coming camp. And it's just, it's just over now. Yeah. Yes, I do. And so yesterday when the when this verdict came in, uh, a lot of like people, including myself, started talking about this because. For months, it's been a wait and see. For years, it's been a wait and see. There's more, there's more, there's this, there's that. And like, there's a couple different things to unpack here. Actually, I'm just gonna move here and we will put up some info. So, Technofog had a column yesterday. Igor Denchenko, not guilty on all counts. Um, it was it was 1,001 charges, Frank. They're lying- that's, that's- that's lying to investigators or something? What is that again? Isn't that like a basic? Yeah, it's lying to investigators. That's so, what they got. That's what they got. Uh, what's my name with? Uh, Papadopoulos and and they're trying to go out to Flynn with? Yes. Okay. And why? Why? Just let's like for, for the class and for you. Why did they charge General Flynn and Papadopoulos with 1,001 charges? Because it's the easiest to... It's the easiest thing to get a, a conviction on. It's just, and there's nothing else. Like, yeah. There was nothing else they could charge them on. So they charged them on 1001, which I'm not saying that there was nothing else that Danchenko or Sussman could have been charged on. I'm saying that Durham decided to charge them one th- on 1001 violations, which is, is patently absurd in the grand scheme of what actually happened. And you don't go after the small fish, charge them, and then have them get acquitted. Like, and if you are a special counsel and you're going into this investigation knowing that you've got a jury in D.C. and and Virginia, you have to know that that's going to be a biased jury. So if you think about, like, people out there that are saying, like, oh, he tried, blah, blah, blah. You don't think that Durham thought for a second that this would... would be sort of a dead end, right? Then there's the moving goalposts, Frank. 
which just infuriate me a little bit. So there's the folks that are saying, well, no, this entire thing wasn't to get a conviction on anyone. It was to expose what happened to the public. And I don't agree with that for several reasons. <laughs> like we had the one of the most serious coups against a sitting president in the history of our country waged by an a completely unelected unaccountable intelligence bureaucracy right and then we had a special counsel appointed to look into all of it and the only thing that he's been able to do or has willingly done so far is charge people with lying to the fbi who are peripheral figures outside of the core group that perpetrated the actual coup and people are saying, well, it was just to expose the FBI for their malfeasance. Right or- That's unnecessary. Unnecessary. And it's completely unnecessary. It's such a superfluous effort right there. Well, the, the, real, the real reason why we're doing all this is just to show the people what the FBI is all about. And then, and then, and then what? You know, I knew, well, it's not that I knew. I was starting to doubt. And, I, and deep inside of me, I was starting to hope that we weren't going down this right. I don't even know what it was about anymore at this point. It was, um, <clears throat> might've been around 2018 or something like that, where Jim Comey was under the microscope and we were waiting to see if there's going to be an indictment that comes down on Jim Comey. It could, who knows, like I said, maybe you remember what it was, but nothing came. And it was said that the reason why nothing happened is because they were waiting. It, there was a chance that it was not going to fly in court and they wanted to wait until something airtight was there. So it would be undeniable. And that was the first of so many letdowns. And and now to see these little peons, uh, and I know in many cases, they're not peons, they're pretty integral parts of the story, but a Kevin Kleinsmith that doesn't even lose his, his law practicing uh, ability um, and this is a guy who is who is editing editing uh, emails know, e emails to, to get to make FISA sure warrants that, on American to make citizens. Sure that spy warrants yeah. are granted illegally. He didn't even get I mean, he didn't even have his law degree or his law uh, license taken away. No, this, I know. And think about it like this: like if if this was like from this perspective, if it was to educate everybody on what went on, like for we did learn things, right? We learned a lot. In this in this case, we learned that the FBI offered Steele a million dollars to substantiate the dossier and he couldn't do it. We learned that um, they absolutely do not care about any sort of process and procedure when they handle their confidential human sources. But Horowitz told us that in, in an IG investigation years ago. So, OK, fine. Great. We learned that, you know, the FBI was complicit in all of this via Durham's questioning. However, like what soccer mom who's an independent who's going to vote in the midterms has been paying attention to the intricacies of the John Durham Denchenko case? Please inform me. What one? None. So who's none, none, who's none, learned? None, none. Yeah, and, and as I said before, it's not even one of those televised events. So you're reading about it. You're reading about it, and if you're getting any kind of information, you're getting it secondhand. There's not, there's no sound bites. There's nothing. And at this point, when we're talking about compared to everybody else involved and those directing the entire operation, we're talking about relatively small fish. 
why would a trial setting you got these people in a courtroom why would a trial setting be the opportune place to want to walk away with nothing but exposure we got exposure the last six years has been absolute mind-bending hell when it comes to, to to this stuff the accusations of treason the the result being nothing but just endless witch hunt investigations and it and along the way we put it together we know all this stuff we put it together a long time ago so to to watch these these little peon water carriers just go in and out of a dc court and john durham looking absolutely helpless uh, to even get a parking ticket Look, violation, uh, it's just ridiculous. He had an honest judge. He he drops one of the charges in the middle of the case. He dropped a charge in the middle of the case. So it moved down to four. Like that that's unheard of. Listen, I don't want to. I'm I'm never I never put on the 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 the, the hat of Debbie Downer. No. And I was always just so interested in what John Durham was going to be uh, pulling up and how much he was willing to buck the system and really go after everybody. I, I said, somebody has to know what the hell is happening. Somebody has to know what's going on out there. But when you see this come by, it's really just a matter of what conclusions do you draw? There are people who think, okay, well, this is a, this is a great expose of of the uh, the people in the FBI, and now that we have an even deeper understanding, though this only adds a few shades to how insidious it was. We knew that they were all getting paid. Uh, obviously, the one million dollar bonus that could not be cashed in on because there was no proof. There was no proof is pretty incredible, especially since this was around the time that they were already presenting their information as proven because they wouldn't have been able to get the FISA warrant without it. The problem that I have is that there are still like, it's not about being a Debbie Downer because literally nothing has changed from yesterday to today. We still all are following this story. We still all are hoping that there's accountability, but let's be realistic here. This was literally like pat the people that know that there was malfeasance on the head and give them a piece of candy and can anybody, even the people like Devin Nunes and Cash, who were coming out and saying there's so many more indictments to come, are now saying that the at the DOJ won't allow Durham to indict McCabe, won't allow Durham to indict X, Y, or Z. They won't let him do it. Like, I, I it's for those of us like me since since I guess it was after Kleinsmith that I started saying, all right, this is not going to go anywhere. And I've been relatively vocal about that, following it along, saying we don't really know for sure, but all these signs point to it not being something like where they take down all these people. Well, let me ask you something. Put aside, because it's really just a matter of what you're willing to accept and the, the patterns you see and whether or not you can actually get your belief behind one thing or another anymore. Put all of your personal opinions aside and just ex expand the absolute possibilities. Look at the chessboard and say, yeah, might be a long shot, might be improbable, but there is still a chance of, of this being part of something else that is an effective takedown of 
uh, of at least some key players. Is there any doors that remain open through this process that we just saw close up with the Danchenko thing? Does this make any other play a little bit more enriched? Does this enrich any other route that could be taken to an end? Forget about what's likely. Um, Just talking about what's actual uh, a path that could be walked. Is it possible? Well, I mean, I I suppose that Carter Page could use this in in a renewed non, like if he tries to renew or appeal the dismissal of his defamation lawsuit. Like there are things that people can do with this information, but temper your expectations to reality. Like there are people twisting themselves into pretzels right now, trying to say, oh, see the big picture. There's something else at play here. There's a bigger thing going on. Like we have to get to a point, Frank, where we look at reality and like we have a DOJ that look, let's just, let me show you something. That's not what I wanted. Uh, Here, here, this is what I want. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. This is a far greater threat to our constitutional democracy than anything we faced in the past 20 or more years. This is Peter Strzok, the man that should be in handcuffs on some uh, freaking news show, wherever he is, telling everybody how how January 6th is the most serious thing to happen to our country since and is more serious than 9-11. That man who sat there with his little grin and his cocky little hmm, 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 hmm. He, he's telling everybody that January 6th is, 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 look at his face. Look at that. He should be in I, jail. I just, I'm just hearing what, what he said, far bigger threat than 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, we do a lot of in-depth analysis on 9-11 uh, after the fact, a lot of in-depth analysis, the players, the dates, the lead up, what happened during and after, what happened to the world afterwards, the the twenty the something year war, millions of people dead, migrant crises. Forget about I mean, don't forget about the three thousand people that died in the United States that day from the events, mm-hmm. and that is a far bigger threat than what than, than what. Then what? Then people, then grandmas it? walking through uh, the, ri- the the aisles like they're on a field trip. Oh, that, that guy's the epitome of evil. So he's let- the epitome. Moving from there, I want to talk about something else, Frank, and you'll probably be able to jump in here a lot. Um, re- realism and and looking at where we are and looking at what's happening. Uh, General Flynn is coming out with a book at the end of the month. It's called A Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Do you know what fifth generation warfare is? Asymmetrical warfare. We were talking. I we did a little bit on on fifth generation warfare on my show before, and I think I have a blog about it up. Um, are we talking about? Well, give me give me the. Um, well, I have a video I that I can up. play that will play it. 
Yeah, that'll I, basically I explain it. Up. Here, it's from our own military, and you probably remember it. I do. I know what you're talking about. I don't hear anything. You don't? No. You don't hear that? No. It's the... I don't know what happened that you can't hear that. Did the audience hear it? That's my question. Um, it's basically, it's the, it's the ghost in the machine video. As the world watches. It's the ghost in the machine video from the, the PSYOP group. In, yeah. It, the fifth generation warfare is information warfare. It is basically strictly information warfare and every single human being on the planet right now is a soldier or a, a victim. The number of, of psychological operations that are ongoing against the citizenry of the world at any given moment is mind-blowing. Yes, I, I want, so on November 8th, 2021, we published on quitefrankly.tv a blog on fifth generation warfare. Uh, it's called World War Truth. And that was the, the subject of a really good show. It's not, it's not, that, uh, it's not that long of a blog either. It's it's good. It actually goes through all of the from first generation to fifth generation, what it all means. That's perfect. So, so we you can we can throw it in the chat if you want over on um, Rumble for people yeah, so that they right can now. see it. But this book like this book that is written is basically a guide to if, if you just sit and think about it. Think about how weaponized against one another we have become in so many different ways, right? How do you destabilize a country or a nation or um, whatever? Oh, Even, the, the, the chat room heard it, Tracy. I, I did not for some reason. I know. I saw that. Um, but but the audio itself is not going to do much for podcast listeners. It's just a song. Okay. So I'm not going to play the video right now. I'll put the link in the show notes for people. But... It's, it's, it's basically the government did this video of what this ghost in the machine kind of operations group does. And they, um, they, they show you how they're everywhere, basically manipulating people to do whatever it is that they want them to do. Think about the amount of, of psychological operation we've had going on against us here. We're weaponized against ourselves. Like, if I come out and say like, all right, guys, listen, Durham's done, but we still have work to do. This is what we need to do. Here's where we need to go. I get attacked by so many people in our own community, right? They've weaponized us against each other for this, this crazy like war that we're fighting against ourselves. COVID. Yeah. Yes. Think Sorry, the, the landscapers are back. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. Think about COVID for a second. Just at a very bare, at a 30,000 foot level, fear. They bring in the fear of a virus. They, they exercise a little bit of control and say, you need to stay in your house for two weeks to stop the spread. Everybody complies. So they're like, okay, we got away with that. We can weaponize them with fear. Then they escalated it to what is non-essential and essential business. And they decide that you can't go to church or um, school, but you can go to a strip club and get liquor. Big box stores are fine. Mom and pop shops are crap. You can't go to them. Amazon's good. Walmart's good. Mom and, and pop grocery store, bad. Um, so they did that. Then they ramped it up again and they used it to weaponize us against ourselves in terms of vaccination. 
Can we force these people to inject themselves with something globally? How much control do we actually have over them? And in order to, uh, yeah, in order to get there, they literally weaponized human beings against one another using the fear that they had instilled from the beginning. And then they passed these mandates all over the country and the world. It was a global psychological operation. Like the act was, was real, where it came from can be debated. If it was purposefully done can be debated. The virus was quote, a real thing, although people argue that it wasn't too, but the virus was a real thing. The act that they capitalized on to enact what they wanted to enact. But it's not just there. It's there. It's it's uh, in sports. It's in religion. It's in culture. It's in school. It's in, um, you know, what is a man and a woman, for goodness sakes? They're running like 20 of these campaigns against us all at once. If you sit and dissect them all, you'll see it. Yeah, because the overlap is so bad at this point, And there's no way of uh, you can't really untangle it now. Now you can't really untangle it. It's, it's one of those situations when when the virus gets this bad in, in a system, it just got to burn through. And there's going to be a lot of people that are left behind. And I, I don't know where it, it all ends. But if you think about uh, the fifth generation warfare model, if you go back to even the creation of psychological operations in like the 60s, as it's been as it was weaponized especially during vietnam Mm -hmm. the same people who made that uh about a generation later developed mind war techniques yep and that was and of course this is all in all of the white papers it's all about it's all about how this was yes um yeah so next time you see that footage of peter struck shrugging his shoulders and pursing his lips and kind of taunting the entire world as he sat there in 2018 or 19, whatever hell it was, and kind of just uh, knew that uh, he was not going to be touched and he can do, and he's more powerful than even a president of the United States in many ways, or at least he's plugged into something more powerful than a president of the United States. Just remember this, that feeling, the whistling, the chaos, all of that, it is, um, it's an admission. It's a pat on the back. It is also just, I don't know, there's something uh, demonically immersive in the chaos. They, they, they enjoy the fact that they have made life a incomprehensible nightmare for billions of people because it's not just Americans that this was done to. Uh, we, we are fed mainly at a time. Now the nightmare has come home to roost a lot more, but time there for at least 25 years especially since 9-11 uh, or just a little bit before 9-11 and to now we, we were fed the nightmare images of what was going on in war-torn places around the world that we had a hand in but um they and uh, they enjoy the nightmare that they've created because inside all of that there we still are normal people raising children having nights out coffee with friends and family laugh at good real human experiences inside of this hurricane that they created and um i don't i just uh i think that's why people are going back to more simplistic ways of life to 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 not have to try to burden themselves with figuring out how every last person 
plays what role in this monstrosity and how to take it all down and how to figure it all out. It, it's impossible. It's an impossible thing because even if you know uh, who's done what, the matter of how you're going to be able to execute it. And then, as we said in the beginning, Tracy, John Durham, uh, uh, at least at this point, what it looks like, failed to deliver us another small fish. And uh, even though we all want to see the small fish and the big fish go away, if you have a different opinion on why this didn't work out right now, you're now fighting with your neighbor who, uh, who who believes that this is just a stepping stone to something else, and you're either a shill for something, or you're a doomer, you're a black, you're black pilled, and then there's infighting there. So yep. it, it it's a it, it's the nightmare they created has ripples that go out so far. It's listen when you're sitting there reading something that somebody's posted on whatever social media platform we've ended up on, just use a little discernment before you act as though your human nature would allow you to, right? Um, guilty of it myself. Um, but understand that we are playing a, we are in the middle of a, a battlefield that many people don't really understand. And the one, and, and if you do understand it, it's almost impossible not to fall victim to it because it's so powerful, pervasive and everywhere. Interestingly enough, one of the solutions, Frank, to defeating this fifth generation warfare being perpetrated on us, which the end goal of is one global government. I don't think there's anybody that would argue that. And we'll talk about the CDC in a second, um, is to, to do what you said, more simplistic, figure out how to barter with your neighbors, start a sustainability, like get yourself ready to take care of yourself. Stop focusing so much on the, focus on your local community. That's the answer to everything. Like form relationships with your neighbors so that you can discuss these things that are happening. Like if leaflets one day drop from the sky, you wanna be able to have a, a conversation with your neighbor about whether or not that stuff's actually legit and what you should do. Yeah, well, yeah, it, there's, there's, there's that. And there's also talking specifically about fifth generation warfare and you want those white pill moments. I'm always looking for white pills. And that is, I think it's in the, the blog that I sent there. Because that we oh, created for the show. Where'd you send it to? Skype. Oh, I, I put I put it into the uh, oh in the chat the Rumble. Okay. Um, I think it's in the blog that we we sent out there. The real thing is there. What has happened in response to this? What we're doing right now is an example of new media that has risen up that has been very hard for them to control. Memes, the meme warfare, the fact that a little cartoon frog caused them so much distress. What they have been able, what they have been left with doing, in suppressing and going after us and nakedly flailing, yep, or a flailing about to try to to go back to that very comfy, cozy place where they could divide up the world and play it like it's a game of dominoes. They screwed themselves. Any they screwed exactly. themselves. They kicked exactly. us all off when they had absolute control over what we were saying. They screwed themselves. They can't control you know, uh, Truth Social or Telegram or Getter, they don't control that. You remember this headline, Tracy, from the New York Times, February 18th, 2021? Opinion, don't go down the rabbit hole. Critical thinking as we are taught to do it isn't helping the fight against misinformation by Charlie Warzel. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that they have committed to. Well, now, so, I, I mean, it's also chips are causing blood clots. That's, I mean, like people are... <laughs> 
Like that's what their last, the latest thing is. It's insane. Um, on this same tack, before we get into the CDC stuff that's happening today and tomorrow, look at this. This is this is the left's version of Project Veritas. Okay. So my husband and his brother-in-law was up at the Capitol on January 6th and all these things are doing to these freedom fighters that are like in the jail and DC. I think it's terrible. And I'm just hoping you guys are going to fight for them to get pardoned. We need to win the White House. We have the White House. We can do that. But not to win the White House. And this is actually what you want King Jordan on oversight. And every one of those documents from the FBI goes to this committee. He's basically saying, he's saying we need to expose the FBI for what they're doing. We need to hold them accountable. That's why we need to win the White House. And that's why we need Jim Jordan as the head of oversight. Right. So, and they're using this as some sort of gotcha. Like, <laughs> give, give me the background here, because I, I, I came it, in muffled. So they they have like their who who is their Project Veritas? This this Lauren Windsor chick released this video. Right. It, it's um it's it's Rep. Dave Schweikert. Um, yeah. You don't, he says, you don't want to defund the FBI. You actually want to break them up. And she's recording as though she is a family member of somebody who's in jail for January 6th. So she tells him, how are you going to, you know. I got a secret identity today. Like, it's so stupid. Like, we're happy about the stuff that, that Project Veritas exposes people for are actually things that you wouldn't be proud of. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about it, uh, it's just so stupid. But then again, you're talking about very ridiculously stupid people. Um, Project Veritas drops in on people from Planned Parenthood, putting price tags and financial incentives uh, on chopping babies up and, and exposing things that they say are not actually happening. Um, and then of course, it's, oh, no, this, is, this is edited, which is so <laughs> ridiculous. But but then you have someone like this who goes into, I don't know, what is this, a small- uh, It was a like a conference gather. or something. The free, yeah, a conference. And says it calls this an infiltration when he the guy talking, this Schweiker guy talking, is actually describing something that is less extreme than what most of us actually want. Yep. We want the whole thing gone. <laughs> He's talking about breaking it apart, breaking it down and doing it nicely. You got me now. You got me now. Yeah. Like, what are you exposing? We think that this is too light. This is too light. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they're so stupid. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move quickly over here. Not quickly, but we've got about 20 minutes to talk about this, which is good. The ACIP committee, ACIP committee, which is the committee that decides whether or not things are gonna be on the vaccine schedules and all things vaccine, are meeting um, today and tomorrow. And they don't explicitly say we're going to decide whether or not the COVID-19 vaccine should go on the or gene therapy should go on the child schedule. But the agenda leads everyone to believe that that's the case. Um, 
at nine o'clock, they're talking about the immunization schedule and the 2023 child and adolescent schedule revisions. I don't know. There could be other things, but then they're voting on the immunization schedules later in the day. There's a couple things this does, Frank. Number one, if these are voted into the childhood schedule, they make they make the mandatory for, well, not mandatory. They make it so that people can make them mandatory to go to school. So school districts can say, if you don't have that COVID vaccine, you can't come to school or you need it to attend school. The second thing it does is it, it permanently basically removes liability for the vaccine makers because the CDC voted it onto the schedule. Hmm. Hmm. The CDC. So either they're doing it because they know that it, and, and, and that liability uh, protection will, 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 you know, go to adults as well. The adult vaccines also. So they'll escape protection forever. Unless, see, and this is where Adam had sent me a clip from Barnes. I just couldn't listen to it because I was too overwhelmed with stuff. But if we can prove that they knew that these things were going to happen or that they didn't do their due diligence, how did they maintain liability protection? That's a great question. Because when we had Aaron Siri on the show, he said the same thing. Like, if, if it's based on fraud, their liability protection doesn't exist anymore. And clearly, we know it's based on fraud at this point, without a doubt. Um, but... Either they know that all these people are hurt and that they're, you know, trying to cover their butts or they're just trying to make it so that nobody can ever hold them accountable for people being hurt. Like it was one of the two. There's no need for kids to get this shot. Yeah, I, I was I was wondering about that the other day. I was wondering whether or not the emergency use authorization was really the be all end all and and such a blanket, a blanket thing to make all this uh to make all this continue to go on and then what was the other thing tracy um we learned about the some like the non-liability agreement between the uh between the drug manufacturers and certain western countries the contracts where, that came out you mean yeah, we're, we're, we we saw that there was an agreement between United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, but there was nothing in there about, uh, you know, being able to protect people from liability of any kind of wrongdoing with a lot of South, uh, South and Central American countries. We're, around the time made a lot more sense when it came out, and I, I might be fudging the details because I'm, I, it's becoming fuzzy at this point, but I remember around the time learning about this, we're like, ah, so that's why they're not vaccinating people at the border because everybody that's coming across the southern border, yeah, you can call them migrant this, undocumented that. What they are are foreign nationals who still have all the legal ability, I would have to imagine, in the world to go and sue, sue the United States for... Um, for putting something that's been completely untested in their in their bodies and, and having some kind of an injury there, especially if there's no uh, a liability protection agreement that has been struck between the drug manufacturers and their actual country of origin. Does that play into this at all, too? What was that agreement? Uh, can you do you have any recollection of what that agreement was? I as far as no. you bringing up liability. 
No, because I remember reading the one that came out from Italy, and then there was one that came out from Japan, I believe. But I don't remember seeing a South American contract, so I can't even speak to it at all. However, I can say on, on a different vein that if you're in the United States on a visa, you must get the vaccine or you have to leave. I've already dealt with the, um, a couple people who have had a hard time with that that are here on a visa. Some of them have been here for 20-something years on a visa, which is a whole different story, but... Um, they were told, get this vaccine or you're leaving and religious exemptions weren't working. So they're, they're forcing people here to get it or they're, they're kicking them out. I know that mm. for a fact. So okay. we just published a new column, uh, Frank, just literally five seconds ago. Um, Daniel Babinski, who is a contributor to us in, interviewed the, the embalmer, Richard Hirschman, um, about what's gone on with people's blood over the past two years when he's doing embalming and stuff like that. The clots and stuff. Yeah. And he actually had them like live in the interview in a vial. And, and like, he, there was a lot of photos in the interview that were kind of like gruesome, but he, he's saying one of them's on screen right now, a picture that he has given. There's two different pictures actually on screen right now um, of this. And he was just explaining the difference between like what, what regular blood is supposed to look like. And then he has a picture of what coat, like, people with these weird clots blood looks like it's got like coffee filters in it like coffee grounds um and you know he's given these clots out to a lot of people so that they can test them because they don't have the iron content frank that most blood has so they're not blood clots like they're these weird fibrous things i can't even explain it and and he also said that normally you don't see this stuff in an artery usually clots will be in a vein it's very rare for clots to be in an artery but in these cases he's finding these things in the artery and the reason why he's finding them is because when he's trying to drain the blood from somebody who's passed it it it's not coming out so he's got to come out go and, and and look and see what's blocking it and this is what he's pulling out of people uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've seen they look long, spindly little things, and uh, oh, not little things. Some of them are as long as six inches, and and I think about that just backing up inside of a person, and and for, for multiple, multiple of those blockages coming out of one person at a time, just, it's it's a horror show, and especially since I am uh, most of the mort morticians that have come forward about this. Uh, they have said that they have never, many of them have never seen it before ever. And uh, others say it's rare. They saw it under very specific occasions. But just like everything else, it, it, it's really just about the anomalous uptick in instances in anything in this category. I don't know if you saw it, but in, in Canada, let me see if I have it. Let me see here. Uh, here you go. This is from the Gateway Pundit the other day. Doctor urges Canadian Medical Association to investigate the unusual death of 80 young doctors since the vaccine rollout. That's an 800% above baseline expected number. I mean, you just think about the, the deaths of doctors and nurses who, whether they're believers or not, or many of them were forced to take it to maintain maintain their um, their positions, their or whatever, and also to keep serving people who need it. And to have just in that respect, 80 young doctors just drop dead 
and everything. We see those types of, whether it be insurance, life insurance claims, we're talking about many hundreds of times above normal rates. This is not this is not a coincidence that you get things like that, especially all of those different types of things lining up and happening at the same time. Uh, It's not. It's just not. Um, The last paragraph of this actually says clotting isn't the only cause of death emerging in his embalming practice. Hirschman has also noticed an increase in the number of deaths from cancer in the last 18 months. Alarmingly, he has also noticed that cancer seemed to be killing people way too quickly. Whereas before the presence of cancer was evident to him, either through skin color, loss of hair or frail appearance. Now patients had died quickly and still seemed to have been relatively healthy in appearance. And they had something that came out the other day. Um, I was sent a, a, a headline like cancer rates in young people have like tripled over the. It's disgusting. When 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 are people going to wake up? Like, really? It, when are families going to start demanding answers? Yeah. Families need to start demanding answers. When are these families going to say, you know, who's perfectly healthy bodybuilder just dropped dead one? De- when? I'd no. be like, what's going on here? I want you to figure it out now. Like, I need to know. What happened? What happened to you? It's just so much different than getting something wrong, getting anything wrong and having time to reflect, Tracy. It's so much different than getting the normal things that we used to get wrong in our speculation and our theorizing and everything else, because I don't know. You can you can make the argument that everything is that, that many things that we talk about on a world scale could be life and death because policy making war peace. It all comes down to human life and death. The quality of life. If we're not talking about actually the lights going out on a person, the quality of life. Are you making somebody poorer? Are you making somebody uh, more independent or are you limiting their their uh, their options in life to do one thing or another? Whatever the hell it is. But this is something so different. This is so it's so much more of a life and death situation. And not only has have people pledged themselves to promoting one thing that was obviously a bad idea to promote. Many of them have embarked on it themselves. They've they've taken it in themselves. And there's just a lot of denial and hoping, a lot of denial and a lot of hope, just just crossing your fingers that in the next couple of years that something doesn't go wrong with them. That this just can't be the nightmare, that you almost want to wake up from it and you you got to cling to something a little bit more digestible. so many people like out that. there are in the position where their families have been um, have been harmed by this or not yet. And they're just every day scared to figure like what we're going to wake up to. Am I OK? Am I not OK? Some people got it and then realized after like, oh, crap, what did I do? Am I going to be all right? I, I would hate to have to live with that every single day. But another thing before we end today, Frank. Daily Mail came out with a column a couple of days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. I'm not sure that they had created a new COVID strain in the lab that was 80 percent lethal in mice. Did you see that? Yes. The NIH director has come out and said that they did not clear the research with them from from so they're just doing it on their own. Yeah. Even though it's funded by NIAID and that, and that they learned about it in the in the Daily Mail article. They didn't know about it previously. I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn if you know that if you believe that. Like, is the Brooklyn Bridge up for sale? I read a little bit of that last night. 
I read a little bit about that last night, and it, it it's um it's incredible to me because you know sometimes people do ridiculous experiments, and you're like, well, why the hell would they waste time on this? And then you start re- and then you realize a little bit later on, somebody explains, oh, well, they had to do this because it's the it's a preliminary step in trying to achieve this, which is actually a noble noble cause. I said, oh, okay, well, I, I can understand that. I see no application for people taking multiple variants of this already Frankenstein virus and trying to find a way to kill more, I, more organic life with it. What what's the, why? What, what are we doing? The, the vaccines aren't working as it is, even though they're saying they can be edited and spun up and not have to go through approval because it's so quick and easy to change the RNA. This it literally says here: a team from Boston University, University took hybrid COVID virus combining Omicron and the original Wuhan strain. Which, why would you recombine that? It just doesn't make any sense. I I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to give this more attention. Guys, don't worry. I just, I want to move quickly to the end where we're going to just, I just want to tell everyone to to read these columns. Number one, um, there was one that Adam Carter did for Uncover DC called Focus on the Signatures. Tell me what you think about this idea, Frank, that the left's um, sort of driving us to concentrate on machine tallies being changed takes us away from how they actually steal elections, which is by mismatching like signatures that, you know, creating ballots out of thin air for dead voters or the vote, dirty voter rolls and then not matching signatures. Sounds like it's par for the course. So Adam's column goes through this entire thing. It talks about Connick. It talks about um, all kinds of stuff. Please read it. Um, it's really, really, really good. And it gives you a different look at it. And then Wendy wrote, you ever heard of um, Kevin Monkla? He's written for us a couple times, Frank. And he um, did all the election work in Georgia. I mean, hardcore stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Um, CFP, Citizen Free Press, had this at the top of the stack twice over the last two days. It's called um, Election Oversight Complaint. Error Pair Causes Undercount in Elections. It's basically about an uh, an error in the software that counts the votes on the tabulators that was present basically all across the country and caused a ton of problems in elections across the country, Tennessee, Georgia, everywhere. So this this challenge that Kevin Monkla has brought in in like a legal challenge um, details at all. And this column is about that. And everybody should read that as well. So just two things that I wanted to make sure I got in there before we Rich Rich Barris was on with me on Monday night. And he was we were talking briefly about Pennsylvania. What did he say? Well, 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 we were talking especially about how, again, elite completely illegally uh, in defiance of the now this time. Well, I mean, John Roberts was all for supporting uh, Pennsylvania in illegally allowing their um uh the state to count undated ballots and things like that Mm -hmm. remember that yeah yeah well it's happening again but only this time the supreme court said that you can't do that but the governor they're doing it anyway they're doing it anyway so (laughs) that's why i'm saying you know if doug mastriano or or anybody becomes governor over there and it's not enough anywhere to just temporarily return to constitutional order because somebody there wants to actually follow the constitution and allow state legislatures to dictate and only state legislatures to dictate how an election is conducted inside of their state. There's got to be repercussions for the people who allowed Pennsylvania to illegally flood and destroy 
the electoral college votes in um I mean, 20 electoral college votes is a major, I know. A major swing in one direction. Yes. And uh, 2020, 2022, uh, the governor and the attorney general who, who allowed that to happen in tandem with John Roberts, by the way, but especially in in, uh, in Pennsylvania, because now they're defying it again without the the the, the support of the Supreme Court. Um, they need to be in jail and there needs to be some kind of deterrent so that once I, I don't know, it's. When, do do? when this happened, Frank, in 2020 and the lawsuits in Pennsylvania were going on, the Democrats filed in their own case, it, admitting that they broke the law and using it as an example of, of why they should be, why they should win, basically. And I was trying my darndest to get this to the right people. I don't know if it ever did, but like, hey, you're not allowed to do this, Democrats. I'll find it if I can and put it in the notes. Um, but th- th- this is the thing. It's like, they're, when when it's ruled that they need to follow the rules, they just don't listen to them. So what's what gives? What gives? Where's where? What gives? Like uh, if your your mom says, "All right, you know, um, your older sister tells you not to take that piece of candy," and then you appeal to your mom, and your mom says, "Don't take that piece of candy, or you're going to be in trouble." And then you grab the piece of candy, open it up, and just pop it into your mouth right in front of her, and she just stands there and looks at you. Basically, what's happening? I know. Anyway. I know. So that that's and that's just one state. That's I know. just one state problem. <laughs> I can't even not laugh. Have to laugh. That's it for today, Frank. We did good today. Today was okay. Um I you, had a great time. Me too. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Bell on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday live show live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble and also on Getter. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Later. Later.